From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes into their open mouths as they sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room. Maybe one day we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Session. Oh, hello. Sorry. Sorry, I got real in that session. Are we in session now? We are in session. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great, despite my many well-documented struggles. You're doing whatever they may be. You're doing fine. At least they're documented. You have no surprises coming. That's true. Whenever I have to say, whenever like I go to a party and people say, so what are your struggles? Which is, you know, normal party chat. You know, I I just pull up my clipboard. Yeah. Shall I enumerate them for you? You can say. Uh, That's right. I'll say I have prosopagnosia. Let's say, what's that? And I say, I don't know, but I think you can get it in an Italian restaurant. And that's. That's just the start of my of my enjoyable party banter. You must be a hoot at parties. I am a hoot. I am a hoot and a holler. Yeah. Um, hey, should we uh, should we start to get attendance going? Let's do that. Okay. First attendee, uh, Paul Deshen. He's here. He's here. Got it in one. So, second attendee, uh, Aiden Morgan. He's also here because he's you. Okay. Cool. Third attendee, Bark. Sir, Sir Cash, Bark, Sir Cash. I don't know. No, okay. are you are um, you here, Bark? I can hear like a breathing or something. Maybe I can hear like a disgusted sort of like I can't believe they're doing this breathing. Oh, there we go. Uh, no, I don't have any information on Bark, Sir Cash, but um, I am willing to spin this out for about twenty minutes at the very least. Oh, hold on, hold on. I think I made a mistake. Oh, it should be uh. It is not Barkser Cash, the like the hot dog maven of uh, of Tennessee. It is in fact Jacques Brasseur. Oh, well, I'm here. The occasional guest and co-host of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Hey, yeah. hello, hello, friends. How are you? Good, good. We're awesome. How you been? I've been good. Really busy, but very good. Um, I, I hear that. Uh, I hear you've been away up north for I have. a. And for B, that you're actually here today because you've got a, a little bee in your bonnet. I do. Yes. Do you want to tell us about that? Did you bring the bee <laughs> from up north? I um. Yeah. I mean, I think. Okay. So if as as if people in the community and probably you guys will know that there, if there's one thing that I love more than municipal politics, it is the nonprofit act of Saskatchewan and. I didn't know I, that. Well, I thought it was okay. municipal politics, hot dogs, dogs. and then well, the nonprofit act of Saskatchewan. No, I mean, I don't, you know, it's a, it could, it's a, it's a tough toss up between the three of those. I thought but it was going to be like corrugated tin roofs. I thought that was like a big thing because <laughs> you can put like in the, in the groups, you can put all the hot dogs you want on a hot summer's day. You can cook them on your roof. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's true that you can't like eat the nonprofit act. I mean, I guess you could uh, if you wanted to, but 
Um, so I do really love hot dogs, but no, I it's anyways, I really love the nonprofit act. And so anytime that municipal politics and the nonprofit act, uh, are somehow intersect. I'm always interested. And I found out from a friend that on July 13th at council, or was it at executive committee? I think it might've been, I don't remember. Um, I think it might've been at, uh, at council. Yeah. At council on the 13th, um, the, um, the executive committee put forward a report or like a recommendation to basically incorporate like, uh, some type of like community safety and well-being organization under the nonprofit act. Yeah. And listen, I'm a lot of people complain about the number of nonprofits that exist in the world. Um and I do sometimes as well, but I'm into I'm into the idea of like cities often nonprofits can like do things cheaper than governments anyways, often because they are forced to by the governments they serve, but either way. Um, so I, I don't think that there's like a big deal with a city creating a nonprofit to do like a specific thing in the community that maybe a nonprofit is better equipped to do than a, than a city government. Totally. I get that. But they put forward this recommendation. Um, it ended up being deferred. So it hasn't been voted on yet. Thank God. Um, but they put forward this recommendation that basically um, the city manager would like, cre- you know, or would like the city, the city manager office or whatever would like create a nonprofit organization, file, you know, incorporate it under the nonprofit act. Um, and that one, there'd be no membership other than the city, which is like a problem in my opinion. I think that if there's a nonprofit that's serving a community, people should be able to join that nonprofit as members. Um, so I think that that's like one problem with this motion, but the other motion, the other part of the motion that like frustrates me is that the only city councilor who is on the inaugural board of directors, according to the, to this recommendation is Tarina Shaw. <gasps> Scandal. I mean, what Tarina Shaw, Shaw like, actively home. involved in like a lot of different parts. Like she is like a disability, like, you know, she's like really involved in like, in like advocating for disability for folks with disabilities. Um, I've, I've heard mixed things from ones who are parts of that community about how they feel about the way that she does, goes about that. But like, yes, I under, I can, I can like acknowledge that Trina Shaw is like engaged in like quote unquote community wellness and safety. Sure. Uh, sure. You don't have to convince me of that. But my biggest issue is that this wasn't this like, wasn't it just recent where she was just like admonished by like so many different organizations for saying terrible things about folks who are who are unhoused like it's worse than that it's worse than that like, jack no i know i know i know there's so <laughs> many parts to this but so anyways i am just like really so this this motion has been deferred until the next city council meeting which i think is happening on august 17th for the meeting on the august on august 17th and i am really thinking that people should be like writing in being delegates around like it's not realistic to expect Tarina Shaw to get like removed from this committee I think like the all uh, from this board I don't think that that's realistic um unless she like recognize unless she like chose to resign because of like this investigation or whatever is happening but I do think that it's important that there's another city councilor who's appointed to this inaugural board and I think that uh to me I also think that it's really important that that the membership classes change to allow for community members 
or even like community wellness organizations in the city to join as members or something, but some way where it's not just like the city um, deciding who to, to like appoint to this board for the rest of time or to decide what this organization is going to do for the rest of the, for the rest of time. Um, anyways, so I just have a lot of feelings about nonprofit governance and how a city government should be running a nonprofit if they choose to create one and it's not what they have here. So that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the, uh, the list of people who've been appointed to the board and I like, I don't recognize a lot of the names, uh, except for, as you say, Councillor Tarina Shaw's one council rep, but on a, on an upside note, uh, mm. former councillor Mike O'Donnell is going to be appointed to this board. Really? So that's good. He's a good yeah. guy. And so. like I, you know, Kim McKay McNabb, I took a class. I think I took a class with her in university if it's the same person. I know like Yaya Wang, like there's a couple of people on this list who are great and like would offer so much there. But um, I still think that there's like a problem when the only city councillor, the only city and city councillor who's on this inaugural board of directors for the next year and a half is like currently being you know being called to be in is she being investigated she's being she is yeah she's being investigated for saying like racist stuff and she's like on she's the old like anyways it's a problem i personally think that if i was in a situation where i was an elected official and being investigated for like saying something that harms like a significant demographic of my community I would not be volunteering to serve on boards or committees related to like equity um, and like community wellness. That just like is not the time for you to do that. Yeah. And I think we should note that what's going on is that there have been two complaints lodged against Councillor Trina Shaw with the Integrity Commissioner, alleging that things that she has said count as racism and a violation of, you know, whatever act governs right. you know behavior yeah. of city councilors so complaints. two two complaints two complaints to the integrity commissioner that we know of uh, there could be more um because these are all kept private the only reason we know of those two is that they've been they've been made public by the complainees uh by sending out press releases on them it, it does it doesn't look great for the city if they have a you know a councilor who's being investigated for this being put on uh, what's the name of it's the current name is Community. the safety and well-being organization, the CSWB org. Yeah. And I, I mean, or, I think I, I have a lot of questions about it also because like they're like providing like funding to this organization <coughs> to the tune of $300,000 yeah. for the rest of the 2022 budget, which like, listen, I don't know of any startup, any nonprofit startup that gets $300,000 for six months. Like, give me a break. Um, so I'm, but I'm also just like, I, I know that the community wellness, like community inclusion wellness funding for nonprofits in the city, you, you don't get more than $30,000. You can apply for more than $30,000. And you're telling me that the city who like has been under, like chronically underfunding nonprofits for the past However, Juan is going to fund their own nonprofit at 10 times, at least or 20 times, because it's only six months of the, the, the annual funding they'll give to any one nonprofit in the community. Like, anyways, it just, it makes me so mad. There's so many things about this that upset me. Um, and I'm like trying to figure out how to, how to deal with it, because right now the only thing I have is to complain about it on your show. <laughs> We're glad you did. 
<laughs> Thanks. We we wield un, undue power and influence in City Hall. So yeah. <laughs> glad you mentioned. So, anyways, it if other people who are like involved in the nonprofit sector in the city like feel like it's maybe important for them to speak about it, you really should write into the clerk to see if you can like get on the docket to speak as a delegate on the seventeenth. Yeah. yeah, I would hope that you know when this organization comes together like this is the whole first six months are going to be things like how do we appoint new members and you know uh, but i don't know i haven't because because this report was deferred i didn't bother reading it until you brought it up today so i i don't know what all their goals will be i will say this i hope as far as like you know putting together names of organizations the city is terrible at it but i kind of like it if they would keep it as the community safety and well-being organization cuz it can be shortened to csw borg and i like mm. that um yeah with maybe with like a cute like cyborg as, yeah. as like a mascot yeah who's doing really well and he's very safe <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, thanks for, thanks for letting me complain about that guys. I'm a little bit torn on it because I mean, as it stands right now, as far as like the Trina Shaw thing is, I mean, that's the thing that's top of mind for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, At present, she is just under, um, she is just under review. And one of the sort of penalties is if the integrity commissioner finds there's a problem here, one of the things that council might find, you know, would be suitable as a guest punishment for Councillor Shaw would be to take her off this board. And if we don't put her on it in the first place, we can't take her off it later. So, so is that is that your argument for why she should stay on it? Yes. hundred percent. I just wait. Okay, I've seen investigations of city councilors take place and they rarely are found like yeah but this is this is the first one that regina has ever done as far as i know like the whole integrity commissioner thing i think it dates back to 2017 so we haven't Mm. like we may have had like some kind of like ombudsperson or something before then uh but as far as i know this integrity commissioner is a relatively new position and again as far as i know it has never been tested in this way before so and what do we get it's 90 days for the investigation to yeah you're right Yep, 90 yeah, ninety days. So it's at least ninety days, and then they have to like if and there's you know and they make a recommendation. Then I, just, I don't know what happens. I don't another know ninety days. Another ninety well, days to make a decision. I just this recently happened in Yellowknife where a city councilor was investigated for like alleged racism, and the the like investigator was like, "It's it, we can't be sure it's racist," and it's like, "Yeah, we can't know." And that's just like what I feel is going to happen is people what are going to be like, she tried her best and she just is like ignorant, but like, she's going to take some training. And it's like, how many times can we ask a city councilor to like take training to like not be terrible? But what I think is going to happen is the, uh, the, Inve- the integrity commissioner is going to x-ray Trina Shaw in a search for racist bones in her body. And they're not going to be able to find any. Exactly. My hunch is that they, that they will come back and say, there isn't a single racist bone in Tarina Shaw's body. Right. So that's yeah. that's that's how I understand these things happening. So yeah. there there is a telltale bone in, in the body that's apparently racist. So yeah. if they don't find it, not then much can be done. I don't know. I mean, I think when you have like two two groups coming together to complain about the same counselor who has such mm-hmm. a such a record of saying unfortunate things at council and at and at other committee meetings. Um, I don't know. I I hope that this that the system will work, but who knows? Yeah, I think maybe you have more trust in the system. Well, anyways, I'd like. Are you at least hopeful 
that with this much money, um, that this is like a signal that the council is going to start taking, or the city just in general is going to start taking community safety and well-being and whatever's connected to it seriously. Yeah, that this mean, is actually going I, to become a priority. No, uh, not necessarily. I need to wait and see. I think I see this as an opportunity for um, some friend of somebody who works at the city to get a nice executive director job of a new nonprofit where they're paid $130,000 a year to... Ooh push paper and write reports that other nonprofits are already writing and already doing with half the budget. And, and like, Hey, I love me a nice cushy executive director job someday, but um, I don't know. I just like, don't buy it until, until I like see tangible proof that this organization like has community wellness and safety, like in its core. And to me, the fact that their membership as an, you know, that they've already set out, there's not going to be like public membership to this organization. I struggle with that already. Yeah. And like, even if they did something where it was like, you know, city, city funded nonprofit agencies who focus on community wellness are members, like something where there's some type of like external accountability for this nonprofit. I think that could be something really cool that actually like shows like community values and like community as as a value of the organization um but i don't know i've seen what happens with nonprofits when they're like not accountable to anybody and mm-hmm. like not tons of good stuff happens when that happens you know one of the things that we forget sometimes is that these meetings like council meetings are public engagement right like this is the, the reason that you're allowed to be a delegation at council is because council is supposed to listen to what you say when you come to a meeting and incorporate it into their decision meeting making so uh i guess in that sense like this is an opportunity we we have like lots of advance notice that this this organization is going to be incorporated at the next, you know, in the middle of August. Um, so this is an opportunity if if you, yeah, totally. for instance, or anybody else has like ideas about how to make this work best. This is a great opportunity for people to come out. It doesn't have to be like, you know, let's bash on Tarina Shaw at this council meeting. I mean, I th- it I mean, could be like, let's, let's, let's offer a constructive way forward for this, this organization. Yeah. And to me, I don't even think it's like, to me, it's not, it's not about Tarina Shaw. It's about yeah. like, I think that that's like one example of maybe how this motion is not perfect, but I think that it's bigger than that. Um, right. And that it needs to be explored about more like how can we practice the values of like community wellness and safety, like within this new organization of the cities. Yeah. Hey, I should mention that we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, which is tuned into the community. And uh, we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau here with Jack Brasseur talking about all things city council, because that's what we do. Well, this is this is great news that this is going forward, but troubling, and it needs it needs pressure. Pressure needs to be put on it. I think so. so. Cool. Do you have more on this, or should we go on to the next item? I don't know if Aiden has anything. I just I feel like I complain so much about everything, and then Aiden just comes in with like a good with like a good skeleton joke. <laughs> Unfortunately, I. Uh... Last meeting, I reached the end of my big book of skeleton jokes. No, you hit one just today about the racist bone. And so, or sorry, that wasn't a joke. That wasn't true. Oh, no, that, that's no, that was that was all true. <laughs> I ran out of skeleton joke content. So I had to move on to deadly serious skeleton truth content. Firing those bones of truth at you all. We should keep moving before I fall asleep at my desk. Uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, parking? 
I always want to talk about parking. It's my mm-hmm. thing. It's my jam. And we talked last time that there was another downtown surface parking lot that was passed by city council. Worse, it was recommended by city administration that this go forward. And then council approved this surface parking lot. The surface parking lot is on Scarth Street, but just like a third, a quarter of a block north of Central Park downtown. So it's actually in the transition area neighborhood plan area it's not in the downtown plan area but it is literally like three quarters of a block outside of the downtown plan area Uh, the transition neighborhood plan prohibits new surface parking but this the transition neighborhood plan there apparently was an attempt nine years ago no god it was more than that it was like 13 years ago it was a long time ago to turn this lot into a parking lot and so there was like an exempt an exception built into the plan for these two lots to turn them into surface parking, but the zoning for them had expired. So the the owner of the lot, which owns the park, the office building across the street said, hey, we want to turn it into parking again. We want to try it one more time. So let's get that zoning approval again. Um, So you're probably wondering why when like the block that this surface parking lot is going in on is already 50% surface parking, why would you need another 13 stall surface parking lot downtown. Well, I have some video here where Councillor Brashani asks them like, what are the challenges that you're facing that require you to get a new surface parking lot? And I kind of wanted to uh, share that with you guys today. I was just wondering like, maybe it's like this parking lot is specifically for like, for like humanoid type cars. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm just picturing like Lightning McQueen. Maybe like he like needs a place. (laughs) Maybe he like, you know, maybe it's like a, it's like a parking lot specifically for like cars who like want to hang out. Like it's a, it's a, it's a parking park. I like that idea. Parking park next to Central Park. I wish that were true. Every child in the city would get behind Lightning McQueen getting a park uh, to park in. But that's not what's happening. I don't think so. Uh, Here, I will let the owners of the property explain it. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear. Is this one of the challenges of operating a business downtown through the chair? Well, I just, so one, so there's a, there's a, this is an example. Yeah, definitely it is because as an example, Mike showed the space to a tenant, a uh, large firm in, in the city. I can't, I obviously can't say, and they, uh, um, our, our rental rate is far more competitive than uh, the suburb rental rates and significantly more. Um, uh, but, but they, they, the, the, the female contingent of the, of that, uh, that, that group is, is, is afraid of downtown. They, 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 the place they're in right now, which is downtown, that's why they're moving because they're, they're not comfortable. And so now they've looked at ours and we're right beside Central Park. We're two blocks from, from, from college, uh, uh, College Avenue. I mean, it's a great location. You're, you're essentially in the park. I don't consider it downtown, but there's still concern. So it's going to be very hard for us to secure them if I have to tell them to go to an M Park on on 13th and Rose Street. I mean, it's just an extra hike for 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 people. And I at, at 4:30 or 5 5:15 on a on a weeknight in the winter when it's dark or you know. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be a fan, and that's that's the challenge. And so they they said to Mike, we need to go to the suburbs. So, uh, yeah, okay. challenge for sure. I don't want to haircut 
and plaid jacket shame somebody. But just, okay, these guys lot? look, they look like the type of people who would use a phrase like the, the female, female contingent. contingent. Okay, parking lots for feminism is just like a wild take. Like that is like, it's like of all, of all the things, of all the things that we could be doing to like protect like people who are impacted by like, by like street harassment or violence, like parking lots is not one I'm going to make a t-shirt that just says parking lot says trans rights and wear that around proudly. Um, I, <laughs> I think, okay. I think that if they are so committed, so committed, they're like, we need this parking lot to like save and to like protect the females. Then they could um, take all the money that they're going to make from that parking lot uh and donate it to like a women's shelter in town or like an anti-violence like an anti-violence against women's organization and be like hey we really needed this parking lot downtown because to like protect females from like harassment or violence and we collect i don't know i don't even know parking lots must make so much money here in regina just like thousands of dollars a month from parking fees and we're gonna donate that every month to a different women's organization in the city. Like, don't, it is, it is such, it is such a transparent argument. It's so transparent to me. And it's also just like, not the way to solve street harassment or violence is like parking lots. Um, anyways, that's, it's so frustrating. I actually wrote it down. I wrote parking lots for feminism is <laughs> a wild take. So anyways. I think, I think they should have like, like make sure the parking lots maybe they're like mauve or something and like they can call like parking lots for her it'd be be great yeah i think that's a great idea maybe maybe the lines instead of them painting like yellow or white lines Mm -hmm. they should all be pink yeah absolutely and then we would know that they're for that they're for females right like those it listen you know what if this developer or owner of this, but whatever wants to make a parking lot. If it is only, if only women are allowed to park there, then I'm like more on board. Uh, I think there's a lot more to say on this, but we do have to like take a break right now uh, for innovative revenue tools. So let's do that and then come back and carry on on this, uh, this parking lot. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. And uh, it's the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR talking with Jack Brasseur. And before we went to break, we were talking about our new administration recommended council approved downtown surface parking lot that has been set up to allay the fears of the female contingent who find downtown too terrifying. Uh, as we, as we learned from the the owner of the lot. Right. <laughs> like just, just to clarify, Paul. Yeah. You, if you're not necessarily using the language of female contingent because that's your vocabulary. Yeah, that, yeah. That is not our band. Yes. Yeah. That's not what we're calling it. <laughs> Although we should. <laughs> it might be a side project, but it's not our main gig. Uh, right, right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. So, so uh, sorry. Can I just, can I just like say one more thing about this, this, this property owner? Yeah. They did not use the word woman at 
or women at any point in their delegation. It was well, always the female contingent or the females who, so who desired parking right outside the front door of their building so that they would feel safe. And like, they didn't even use ladies. Like it was always the females. Or even you know? girls. Yeah. No, not girls. Always the females. The females. Like, so they're like aliens. Cause that's how aliens, like that is how an alien would try to be like. And they had been watching like old episodes of Leave it to Beaver. And they were like, <laughs> how do the humans dress the human males? And they were like, they yeah. swooped, they slicked back their hair with bro cream. And they, they got like some plaid jackets from the Salvation Army. And that's how they showed up for council. Wait, what are your thoughts on the, on the parking lot for females? You know, parking lots with like pink lines, but also slightly narrower, like smaller. Right, because they're smaller. <laughs> right. And if, and if like, and if like a, one of the female contingent tries to park and their car is larger, you can just say, well, maybe you should have like thought of that before you got such a big car and then they'll feel ashamed, which is, you know, it seems to be what, what these people are interested in, but I'm projecting. Anywho, <laughs> Uh, well, I think I think we can avoid it altogether um, because I have what I think is a pretty good solution. Because obviously, the real problem is the is the, the horror of like that exterior space between their office door and the car door. And what they really want is a way to eliminate the exterior world altogether. I mean, that's clearly what they what they're yeah. For. No, they've made that clear. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so either they can uh, attach cars to the sides of buildings. So you, so basically you drive up and then you go onto a little sort of, I don't know, little ramp and it takes you to the right floor and then you get, and then you do that. Or right. pneumatic tubes, personalized pneumatic tubes from your home to your office and back. I know a That's, lot of people who'd be really into that. I mean, Sadly, I used to have I this too. idea for trebuchets, but I mean, trebuchets suffer from like, necessary exterior contact you you have to go whistling through the void and but but pneumatic tubes no void and perfectly directed every time yeah i think i think the other option oh no go ahead aiden and a really satisfying sound which i think is really a good part it's an important part of the uh, of the pneumatic tube experience counselor zakidniak pointed out something important in this debate, uh, one of the things that the, these same two guys uh, used to try and justify having this surface parking lot approved was that the alternative is for you know people who would rent their space to go to the suburbs and you know do their business in the suburbs, and that you would then lose business for the downtown, and that conceivably the people who worked in his office building could, uh, you know, for lunch, they would go up the street to some place to eat, or after work, they would go out and, you know, go for dinner and perhaps take in a show at the Globe. Uh, They would shop at the mall. Councilor Zakidniak pointed out, um, but at the same time, you're saying that they need the parking space right across the street from your front door because they are so terrified of downtown. So why should we think that they would do anything other than drive to their parking spot, rush to the front door, rush back out and then drive back to the suburb. Like these are not people who have any investment in being involved with or contributing to downtown life. And so perhaps, you know, suburb is a better place. Perhaps they should be there. Exactly. (laughs) And that maybe by extension, we should, we should just say, well, you know, if you can't rent it out to this 
particular group. You should wait until you find somebody who's more interested in being downtown. Yeah. And what did they mm-hmm. say to that? Their argument, and I mean, I think, it, I think it's a legitimate one, is that their competition is, is the suburbs, because in the suburbs, you can pretty much have as much free surface parking as you want. The taxes on surface parking in the suburbs are rock bottom. There's virtually no carrying cost for it. By restricting parking downtown and by putting a cost on it the way we should for all parking, it puts like downtown property owners at a disadvantage. But I think that's more like we've We've built our city in a ridiculous way yeah, where like the suburbs, mm. the suburbs have like this total, like ridiculous free surplus of parking and it's destroying our countryside and our neighborhoods. But, you know, the way we're going to solve that is to destroy our downtown, pave it over and turn the whole freaking thing into a parking lot. I mean, it's true that there's too much parking in the, in like. You know, uh, when I, I used to live in Harbor Landing and there was just like so much like you'd there were all of these restaurants or box stores like right next to each other and they all have their own parking lots. And I'm like, you don't need your own parking lot. If you run a restaurant next to 10 other restaurants. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like, I really like counselors at kidney acts point around like, if you're downtown, it's because like, you know, I, I have a friend who is looking for downtown office space for, for a nonprofit organization. And you know, she was constantly talking about like, we need a place that's like close to bus stops. We need, you know, like those are the types of organizations that want to be downtown that can't afford to be downtown because you have these like, you know, these sort of like white collar, you know, like, you know, these law firms or accounting firms, like whatever, those businesses that don't serve like underserved populations they serve populations who have cars, who have access to vehicles, who all live in the suburbs. And I guess I really struggle with this idea of like, let's put all these things in downtown and everybody from the suburbs will come downtown to do their things with other people who live in the suburbs. And then they'll all go back home to the suburbs. And it's like, why don't we just, to me, it makes more sense to be building like business parks in the suburbs, meeting the needs of those folks who you know, have access to those types of like vehicles and whatever to like access those spaces. And I don't, I don't know that like downtown businesses are like hurting because the like, I don't know, you know, the like accountant who works downtown, like doesn't eat at their restaurant every day. And I do think they're hurting because so much of downtown, like we, we learned from a report last, or I guess it was January of this year, that 40% of downtown is surface parking or structured parking. And it's only like 13% is structured. The rest of it is like 37% of downtown is surface parking lot. And that those numbers, which the city prepared itself, doesn't include on-street parking. It doesn't include right. Um, underground parking, right? So there's like, there's a ton of parking downtown. And those are all lots that could be like in any other city where property was properly priced, those parking lots would be buildings, right? Like those would be the most desirable places in your real estate inventory would be those downtown surface parking lots. They would have been developed 20, 30, 40 years ago, but Regina has, has only expanded its surface parking lot uh, amount in the last like you know, however many 50 years. In fact, these two guys pointed out that when this building was made uh, in the 1970s, their, their personal office building, it only had 13 parking stalls on the back. And that if that building were to be built today, uh, it would require one parking stall for every hundred meter or every hundred square feet of office space. They have 2,500. So they would need 26 parking stalls where they only have 13 today. So twice as many. So we're, we're actually requiring 
builders to like make insane amounts of like surface parking for their buildings compared to what we did 50 years ago. So we're going backwards instead of forwards. And that's, and, and that's a requirement in like Regina zoning. Yeah, actually, I think he was a little bit off. Uh, I looked it up and it's um, under the new zoning in like mixed use neighborhoods, uh, which is like our new commercial zone. It's uh, one parking stall for every 75 square meters of uh, office space in your building, which is crazy. Now, the neighborhood they're in, the transition neighborhood, does not allow new surface parking. And downtown, they've actually lifted surface parking requirements or just parking requirements in general. So you can build a building downtown and provide no additional parking from now on. Although that doesn't mean that you you won't, right? Like developers, you can get rid of parking minimums and developers will still build an excess of parking, which we've discovered that consistently at City Hall, when a, when a developer comes forward with any kind of development, whether it's commercial or office or residential, they always pr- produce like way more parking than is required under our bylaws. So I don't think we have to worry, were we to get rid of our parking minimums that developers wouldn't come through. Um, but then you right. wouldn't also have like developers like this who would be able to come and say, well, look, we only have 13 spots, but if we were to make this building today, we'd get 26. So we're owed another 13 spots. I, mm-hmm. I guess I, I mean, I think that there's obviously so many different pieces to like Regina's parking problem um, mm-hmm. from like terrible transit systems to, um, to just like, um, to just like downtown not being set up properly. But I guess I just like, I struggle with, with this idea of like developers developing property for people who don't, who like want to be downtown without being downtown. Mm-hmm. And it's like being downtown means that you're like walking places. It means like, isn't that like a part of like the energy and the vibe? Um, I don't know. I just like, and, and I say this as someone who literally doesn't walk anywhere. Like there's a reason <laughs> I don't work downtown and it is because I don't like walking places. Right. This, this office building, it's only like maybe two blocks from significant transit though. Like it's right off victoria it's right near broad street like there's plenty of bus lines to go right by it like would you walk a block and a half two blocks if yeah. you had good transit yeah of course like if i could get to work on time without having to be on a bus for 45 minutes like when in regina like it shouldn't take that long to get where you're going regina's tiny yeah of course i would if it meant that like i didn't have to pay for parking somewhere or ruin the environment with the gas i don't understand the environment but i <laughs> i do understand that cars hurt it that's what i understand are you, are you too familiar with uh the tire extinguishers no uh they are an international organization who uh whose mission is to go around deflating suv tires oh i love this and they and they recently they recently hit uh the first action in western canada 34 SUVs disarmed in Victoria, British Columbia. So That's being, awesome. You, so, it has a, so it has instructions, tireextinguishers.com, and it's tire with a Y. So, so, so when you type it in, tire extinguishers, and uh, so it tells you how to uh, deflate an SUV tire. Uh, it tells you reasons why you would want to do such a thing. And there are leaflets in various languages that you can leave with the... Uh, SUVs whose tires you have deflated. So why SUVs and not trucks? 
Uh, because I don't know. Uh, well, I think actually, I think I do know the answer to that. Trucks, um, I mean, generally have a purpose, although some places have more sort of trucks in town than others. Like we, like Regina has a scourge of half ton trucks that are not used for anything but right. driving to the store. Uh, but SUVs in general uh, around the right. world, I mean, are are gas guzzlers. They take up lots of space on the road. Uh, they tend to be worse in, in uh, for other cars when it comes to collisions and accidents. SUV drivers have been shown to be more paranoid and aggressive than non-SUV drivers. And they're actually marketed deliberately as such and designed to uh, appeal to people's uh, aggressive instincts. So this uh, group, the Tire Extinguishers, has targeted um, SUVs for direct action. Wow. I So I'm so sorry. I'm an SUV owner. I'm so sorry. Um, you, you, you will be targeted for tire. Yeah, no, and I can't action. wait. Honestly, I totally get it. <laughs> totally get it. I can't wait for it to happen. And when it does, I will tweet about it. And yeah. I'll be a little bit annoyed that I have to replace a tire. You do know that if your tire gets deflated, you don't have to like replace the tire. You could just no, fill it back up with air. No, I know that. Yes. No, okay. <laughs> when a tire gets deflated, you just have to throw out the whole car. That's that's all there is to it. That's how SUVs are made. They're just one piece, basically. As soon as one thing goes, you just toss them. Yeah, this is really great. And I think that this should happen in Regina. You know, you could deflate your own tire. You could like, oh. the, the first place you could strike is your own SUV. Maybe just like, just like once a month to yeah. remind yeah, right. it. Listen, I give full permission to people in the community. If you want to, def- to, to deflate my tire once a month until I replace my car with something better. I will take that inconvenience in order to be consistently reminded about how much I hate the environment. Right. And so, since none of us know which SUV is yours, you've basically just said we have to go yeah, out and deflate all the tires. Right. And uh, I'm best. sure that there are people who listen to your show who know what my car looks like. <laughs> so yeah, I'll just I'll like. just wait. I'll just wait and see until one of them texts me. And okay. it's like your monthly deflation <laughs> has arrived. I'm going to start putting up like pictures of the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile and saying, this is Jacques Brasseur's car. Oh, man, I wish if I could buy <laughs> that, that'd be awesome. What do you think is worse for the environment, that Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile or SUVs? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, just based on pictures, though, uh, I'd say the SUV is worse. Plus, it's possible you could, if desperate, eat the uh, Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Yeah, no, you'd be good. Anyways, I really feel like we don't need more service parking. I don't think we do. I don't think so either. Yeah. So we're on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau talking with Jack Brasseur about surface parking because that's one of the things we almost always do. Uh, Hey, I've got like one other little detail about the surface parking lot that I wanted to share. I went by it today. Uh, They've already started demolishing the houses that uh, and digging out the lot, uh, which I think is actually kind of uh, premature. Here's the thing. The zoning for this lot as a surface parking lot has not gone through yet. Uh, It has been approved by council, but administration still has to write up the rezoning bylaw to make this official. And it has to get read three times at city council before this lot is officially a contract zone Hmm. that allows a surface parking lot. There is virtually no chance that council will divert course once you get to the point where you're reading bylaws. I have seen it done though. Like the um, 
there was an attempt to change the, we talked about this a lot, the uh, procedure bylaw so that council would only talk to delegations at executive committee and would just like blast through reports at council meeting. That made it all the way to the bylaw phase. Bunch of people came out and said, this is bollocks. And council said, okay, we're going to scrap this bylaw we just wrote. The public does get a chance to speak for or against a bylaw after its first reading. And council can then, you know, reevaluate their decision if it turns out they've, you know, the whole process has somehow led them down a bad path. That will be coming to council at the August 17th meeting. So if people, if people think that this surface parking lot is a bad idea, there's still a chance for you to go to city council and say, hey, tear this bylaw up. This is garbage. As I said, incredibly unlikely that council would change their mind on this. Uh, I think it passed with like more votes than it needed. It wasn't like a close vote at all. However, there's no reason to make this easy. And if even one councillor votes against doing all three readings at the August 17th meeting, it has to go to the September meeting to get its final reading to make it official, which would delay the ability of the developer to make that surface parking lot official. So I, I don't see why boneheaded decisions have to be easy. And if this this report kind of skirted under the radar of all the other yeah. crazy stuff that's been going on at council, so nobody showed up to speak against it, you only had the property owner speaking in favor, it's very clearly a violation of the downtown plan, of the official community plan. If not the actual words written, it's a violation of the spirit, which is we want yeah. to build an exciting, vibrant downtown, not a moonscape of surface parking. You know, there's a there's a, there's a chance to like make this sting, if not change course on, on August 17th. And really what I'm hearing, Paul, is that we should take a page out of the playbook of the tire extinguishers and be mildly inconvenient to these developers yeah. by delaying their ability to make this parking this parking lot. Um, and I'm into it. I think it's a great idea. Aiden, what are your thoughts? I agree with everything Jack says. <laughs> Always. Perfect. Always. That's why Jack's here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> saves, saves me the trouble of having to have opinions because Jack has them. I'm like, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, mostly about hot dogs. Well, yeah. yeah, mostly, but I, but I mean, you're you're so right on the hot dog front <laughs> that I just implicitly trust you on the others. Perfect. That's how, that's how I've been able to accomplish so much in my life. I think is that I have one very adamant, correct opinion, <laughs> um, and so people ignore uh, whether or not the rest of them are accurate or not. Exactly. Just yeah. yeah. So I mean, okay. maybe they should vet you more closely, but I I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. They, <laughs> See? they just they they would discover that I have an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which uh as as I was going to say earlier with the tire extinguishers thing, um QCIB is not endorsing, obviously, that you go out and deflate SUV tires. Uh, but you can deflate Jack's tires. Exactly. But but I mean if you don't know what, what their SUV looks like. Just uh, make make an educated guess. I love that. Um, okay, well, we're just about out of time. I do have one last little like audio clip that I wanted to play. It's about the uh, well, the arena and the Catalyst Project Committee that we talked about last time. The Catalyst Project Committee was struck. It's going to have Councillor Hawkins as the head. Tim Reed from Real is going to be on it, and they're going to be like figuring out what to do with this idea for an arena, a hockey arena downtown. And it's not an official recommendation. 
but the general trend right now is to put a new aquatics facility to replace the Lawson, probably in the yards, although that's not decided, and then to put some kind of baseball and or soccer facility mm-hmm. in Taylor Field. And this set of ideas, these Catalyst Project ideas, is a complete reversal on about a decade of what we've been conceptualizing downtown and its environs to look like. During discussion of this, Councillor Andrew Stevens started to muse aloud about some things, and he was talking about uh, what we're going to do with Taylor Field, and I thought I would uh, just play for a second here what he had to say on that subject. And I'm So this is Councillor Andrew Stevens at the last council meeting. Then I'll ask about um, the old Taylor Field site. There were some legends of a promise of housing and affordable housing. I don't know where it came from. I don't know who made those promises, but it isn't. Okay. I just wanted to, that's all I wanted to play. Legends, Paul. um, I've put together a YouTube playlist and I will have it up on the memos page of the Queen City Improvement Bureau website, which is queencityib.com. This YouTube playlist compiles a bunch of videos that the city of Regina made where it talks explicitly about what the plan was eight, nine, 10 years ago for the Taylor Field site once uh, the old Mosaic Stadium was decommissioned. And it includes a mixed neighborhood of commercial and multiple different types of housing, mm-hmm. including affordable housing. And this has been a promise from explicitly from council to do this. And it is aggravating in the extreme that city council has just forgotten that all of this work has been done. All these consultants were paid tens of thousands I mean, of dollars. I mean, they just forget, though. It like seems they, like no, it seems they, like no. our current city councillors who weren't there at the time, some of them don't know where these ideas came from. And they don't know that these were official, that there was actually like a unit in city administration that was Hmm. supposed to be making this happen. The consultants were hired to make plans for this. And all of this has just seemed to have disappeared. And everybody is coming up with new plans that ignore these old plans and tell us, no, this time it's real. Trust us. We're not going to forget about it this time. Isn't the there legends. Like some type of like Google Doc that's just like, hey, these are the things, these are the plans, guys. Like, I, I just like, why are we, I don't know. I just feel like there should be some kind of like, just like playbook, something around like, these are the things we've promised. And you can just update it, you know? Yeah. But if you had a publicly accessible document of the things you've promised, then people could say, hey, why aren't you doing this? And I don't think they want that. But like, okay, so don't make it publicly available. Just like put it somewhere for city councillors to read. I know, right? To be fair, we can't expect city councillors to know every single thing that's Mm -hmm. been decided in the past like decade. Like we, that's a, that's unrealistic. Well, it is supposed to be administration's job to keep them apprised of these things. And apparently they've been talking about these catalyst projects behind the scenes for weeks, possibly months before it actually trickled its way through to city council and the public. Like, why didn't somebody say, oh, no, actually, we've got this. They've all all retired or resigned. That's why. Yeah. And we just lost another this week. I know. It's outrageous. Louise Folk, who is like the new head of the transformation office. She's a longtime member of the city administration, the executive, super hyper competent person. Um, it's not sketchy, right? Yeah. Like something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. She just transformed herself uh, out of out of the job. 
Do you, but do you think that she actually chose to leave or do you think that there is like a situation where someone's forcing people out? Don't know. I can't speculate. No idea. Or is it people leaving because they're not happy with the direction? I do not know. People on Twitter were saying like, why would you retire like three months after taking a job? Right. That So it sort of feels like someone being like, I thought I was going to do this thing for maybe a few years before I retire, but I actually can't do it. And I can't deal with whatever is happening. And this would have been a very high profile position. It would have been, I think she would have reported pretty much directly to the mayor because this is like the mayor's thing, right? This transformation Mm -hmm. office is like supposed to enact this whole efficiency uh, regime. Yeah. So it is a little bit sketchy. Also, it's very sketchy that all of this stuff is happening, like transformation office, uh, the community safety well-being uh, organization, the new catalyst projects, uh, all of these things are happening. These like huge transformational things are happening at the city with an interim city manager and an interim city clerk. Like these are not mm-hmm. things that should be done by somebody who's just there temporarily. This should be like, I would think, I don't know, like I've never run like a city, but I would think you'd want to have like some hotshot who's dedicated to the job for the next like 20 years who's like, you know, laying the foundation for their legacy, enacting all of these important things. And yet we have Jim Nickel, who, you know, great guy, but he said himself, he wants to get back to being city clerk. He doesn't want to be city manager for the long term. And yet here he is city manager rushing through all of this stuff that uh, is a big change of direction for city Virginia. Well, then is it, could it be strategic in terms of like, so that they know that the city man that a new city manager who comes in like knows that they have to finish a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like if if and not maybe focus on their own vision. I don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine taking taking a like any type of strategic job that like where the strategy has been laid out before I got there. So. Right, especially after like a strategy had been set and we're just like in like six months coming out with an entirely new set of grand strategies. I don't know. Yeah. Seems strange. Hey, we're out of time. We're out of time. Yeah, we're totally you out kept, of time. You kept the best for last. Sorry. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Anytime. It's great yeah. having you here. Uh, I hope that I hope that listeners don't forget to speak it to write to city council about how to improve the community the the CSW Borg. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, in that case, I guess we're adjourning. Yeah, we'll all second that motion. If you're making it. Sure, why not? Retroactively, it's nonsense anyway. So, you've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CGTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Uh, We are broadcast uh, 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings, and we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. You can find us on cjtr.ca slash podcasts. Also, of course, uh, Queen City IB on Twitter and our website, queencityib.com. Coming up next, we've got the Nerd Cabaret, followed by more programming and music all on through the night. Thanks again for our frequent guest, uh, Jack Besser, and music by Guidewire. And I think that's it. Keep on improving, Regina.